We've all been there, justifying our creative job to mum and dad, explaining what our job is to granddad, brushing off jokes about freelancing from our mate who works in finance. But times are changing and the value of creativity is being recognised. The creative industries are the fastest growing part of the UK economy and the least likely jobs to be taken over by robots. I'm Kayleigh McLeod and this is Get A Proper Job, where I'll be talking about the issues that matter. What's happening is impacting all of us directly and so get your voice heard, you know, make people listen, keep shouting, keep speaking. Today we're discussing how creatives interact with policymakers with our guests Crystal Lowe and Fabio Thomas. Hello and welcome. In today's episode, we'll be looking at the ways creatives interact with policymakers and inform the decision processes for how creative workers are supported, both now and in the long term. We're joined today by two guests to share their experience and knowledge in this area. Crystal Lowe is a freelance dancer, choreographer, writer and artistic director of Kokoro Arts Limited, a Cardiff-based arts company who support the development of young artists. Crystal is a member of the Wales Freelance Task Force, a group of freelancers from the UK Freelance Task Force who are responding specifically to issues affecting freelancers here in Wales. Also on today's episode is Fabio Thomas, project manager for Beat Freaks, a Birmingham-based engagement and insight agency with a community of young creatives. They work with brands, governments and funders who see value in sharing power with young people. Fabio manages the National Youth Trends area of Beat Freaks work, which we'll find out more about during the podcast. Welcome both. Hey, how's it going? Thank you. <laughs> As we're recording remotely due to COVID-19 restrictions, It'd be great to get an idea of where you're both coming from today. You know, what can you see around you? What can you hear? Crystal, do you want to tell us a bit about where you are? Yeah, sure. I'm actually in the Ballet Camry Studios right now in the green room. So I can see Tiny Rebel <laughs> across the street. And it's, yeah, it's a nice day out. Um, but yeah, maybe some big trucks passing by. <laughs> and what about you, Fabio? Uh, so I'm at home in Birmingham. Um, I live with two flatmates. Um, we're all musicians playing in the band together. So sort of um, surrounded by keyboards propped up against the wall and guitars propped up against the wall, sort of in a makeshift home office slash studio sort of affair, I suppose. <laughs> Do you think we might hear some music today? Definitely not, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might hear the ice cream van in the background from me, but so apologies in advance for that. So it's great to have you both here to discuss a Wales perspective and a wider UK perspective on the policy landscape. But this is, of course, a huge area and we've only got 30 minutes today. So I would really like it if we could focus our discussions on the methods of gathering and sharing the views of creatives and how that then reaches policy and decision makers. So I guess we'll start off with Crystal. Um, I saw a tweet of yours in July, which said that you'd learned more about the UK government, Welsh government and politics in the last four months than in your eight years of living in Wales. <laughs> Can you explain a little bit about what your relationship to policymaking was before COVID-19 and some of the reasons why you've engaged differently in the recent months? Sure. Um, before, I, I felt like there was no connection really. And, and although I knew that, 
what, what happened, you know, in government and things like that affected me. To me, it felt like a trickle down, like, yeah, soon I'll feel that, you know, and I always voted and things like that and took it seriously. But yeah, it's, it just in the four months, it felt like I was listening even more intently for the news, even just little things like when are we coming out of lockdown? You know, when the 57 million, you know, or whatever was coming to Wales, 53 million was coming to Wales. It was like, okay, so how is that going to be split up? I, I really understood that it was so closely connected to me more than I ever have. Um, and somehow having that time where we were home and these Zoom sessions that you could so easily connect with, I felt like it was almost easier to connect to, to the broader sector um, of arts in Wales. And that made it so that as I was hearing information, I was ready and eager to hear the next bits of information. Whereas before, you know, living my life, I felt like it wasn't, I don't know, coming into my path and I had to search for it and I didn't know where to find it. And did you feel like that information that you had then was, was powerful? Yes, definitely. Knowing exactly what was happening for better or for worse meant that, I don't know, there was some power in knowing what was coming to me and then thinking, okay, there's surveys going on. I can have my say. I can, I can, you can, I can speak up. I can have a voice. And I, I didn't know that before. You know, I knew you could vote for, for big things, but I didn't know all the little things that happened, all the letters that went into government, to Welsh Assembly government that you could sign and agree with. Or, you know, even with the Arts Council Wales, I didn't realize just how much impact I could have in sharing my voice with them, in filling out their surveys, even just emailing them to say, I feel like, this issue is really affecting me and, and I want things to change. And I didn't even know that was an option before lockdown. It sounds like you have really engaged during lockdown. Fabio, <laughs> Beat Freaks have been working in policy since the, the agency first started. Can you tell us a bit more about what you do at Beat Freaks, how everything works and maybe some of the things that you guys achieved pre-COVID-19? So uh, as you mentioned in the intro, I look after the National Youth Trends Project. And it's sort of one of the, the principal projects that Beat Freaks does. But I think what's really interesting about it is sort of like a microcosm, like a smaller version for the sort of general emphasis of the driver of most of our work. So we say our model is basically that we connect young people directly with organisations, institutions, that being sort of business, brands, government funders, etc. Together, they can sort of have a vision of the way they can influence the world, the way they can build a better world. So the way this works, I suppose, is that whilst young people gain experience of working with businesses and with organizations, et cetera, et cetera, organizations also get connection to the next generation of consumers, the next generation of people who are going to be able to vote. They effectively like learn how to future-proof their organization is a phrase that we sort of continue to hear. Um, so the way that Beat Freaks does that is by saying, you know, it's a win-win for both parties, really. Young people get to have their say, they get to talk about policies, they get to talk about issues and needs that they have. And also businesses, organizations, governments, they get to learn directly from the people that they're going to be serving in the coming years and in the future. So it's sort of a win-win for both scenarios. And the idea being that we platform young people's voices to directly influence policymaking um, in, in sort of all three sectors is something that we're quite keen on as well. So it's not just government, not just the third sector, and it's not just the private sector. We think that policymaking spreads right across all three and young people ought to have a say in all three areas. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, what you both picked up on there in your introductions was that importance of having a voice and having your say. Crystal, can you tell us a bit about how and why the, the Wales Freelance Task Force was formed and, and what its remit is, what it exists to do? Yeah, um, well, originally it came out of the fuel initiative for a freelance task force to be UK-wide. You know, a lot of things are, are UK-wide, 
but Wales is a devolved government, which is what I learned during lockdown. <laughs> um, things are different here and, and policies happen differently here. And so we felt like we needed to meet as Wales freelancers so that we could specifically impact things in Wales and realizing that that is different from the UK, you know, we're united, but different. So we kind of got together and decided that, you know, we knew our art scene best. And so we should go forward. And the first purpose is that it gives freelancers a voice and it's so easy not to feel like you have a voice as a freelancer. It's kind of a lonely business. Sometimes, you know, it's just you and you go and you teach, but it's just you, you do your own taxes, you do, you know, everything's alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of having this task force just gave us kind of like we had people to do it with you know what I mean and and there's that's always that option but with the task force it just put us together and it meant that you know people had initiatives they were passionate about and they could say hey I'm going to put it in the google drive and can you help me have a look at that you know I could get things translated into Welsh for free you know what I mean like you know I have initiative I wanted to put out through the task force and and they were like yeah we can translate that in that same evening even just that it just gave us access to so much and in a lot of ways connected us with organizations even more to feel like we had a say with organizations. The organization that sponsored me was National Dance Company Wales. And you know, Paul Keynes was very clear at the start of it, come to me with whatever you need. I want to support freelancers. And so I was able to email him and say, hey, I wanna I wanna contact black artists throughout Wales. I want to hear their voice. And he was like, okay, I'm supporting you totally. Wrote the draft, put it on their website, you know what I mean? And, and so it's given us a voice and understood that, that our needs do matter. And, and that's been, you know, mm. invaluable. I think one of the things you said earlier, Crystal, which I think was really, really powerful in that for all of the things that this pandemic has been, for many, it's been a route to participating. Yes. And like before, we, we would see that, you know, people are not sure of necessarily the routes in which to engage with government or have their voice heard or, or have a say something as unifying as this pandemic something as you know uh, pervasive in terms of its many effects in terms of economics business going to work going to school exams it's never ending it has meant that we're all going to take sort of a pause and think about how we play a role one of the pieces of research we did was during lockdown with young people and one of the amazing things to hear was 92 percent of like the the near 2,000 young people we spoke to so an overwhelming majority so that now is a moment um, in this lockdown to pause and think about how we can make a positive change in society. Uh, and it just really feels like something as unifying as, as this moment is enabling people to participate to some extent. I'm not saying that's true for everybody because it's obviously yeah. caused a hell of a lot of stress and a hell of a lot of worries for a lot of people. But I think it has got an element of power in it. Definitely. I think I felt most connected to the Wales art scene now than ever before. That's fantastic to hear. Just picking up on your point there, Fabio, around um, action, you know, and, and participation. Beat Freaks yeah. is an action-led organisation. So now that you've heard from the young people and how they're feeling, how would you develop focus groups or encourage participation further or, you know, really encourage their engagement and stop it being like a talking shop and yeah. definitely be action-led? Of course, it's the eternal issue, isn't it, as well, in, in terms of stop not, not being a talking shop and actually trying to turn it into something tangible. So the sort of model for us as an organisation is that we, we compile all of this research, we speak to loads of young people, we pull it together into a report and make insights and send that out to lots of um, businesses, organisations, government, etc. for free. Um, and so, so far, 
around 1500, nearly 1600 now organizations have downloaded and read that report and heard from young people. And what we think is most amazing, you know, the report is full of like verbatim quotes, it's full of statistics, it's, it's 2000 young people's views here. And that's being spread right across not only the UK, but the world. We've had downloads from like the Philippines, from Australia, from all over the place. And it's marking sort of an intangible way, young people's voice finally entering those spaces. You know, a board, for example, a large business in the UK, to what extent would they really have had a young person's verbatim quotes sat on their board table? So stuff like that, which is perhaps less tangible. And then further than that, in terms of making it completely action-led, the idea is that when we send this report to organizations, to, uh, to businesses, to government, et cetera, we then work with them on how they can embed youth voice within their organization, whether that be whether they want to set up youth governance structures, lead their own research in terms of connection with young people. So in the past, for example, we've done a lot of work with like built environment organizations. So HS2 is like a massive thing in Birmingham. Um, based upon our Brumby Trends research, which is from last year, they came to us and said, you know, we're really interested in how young people imagine social space to be. What purpose does it serve in their life? So we work with them to set up a group of 40 young people from across the West Midlands to work with them on the co-design of Curzon Street Station. So the idea being people read the research, they see that young people are dying to participate, really, really keen to make change, have their voice heard, et cetera, et cetera. And they come and work with us and work with a group of young people to, to make that change happen. That's a really great example there to, to hear. And obviously what you were touching upon there was, was data and, and mm -hmm. data gathering. Um, during COVID-19, there's been a pressing need uh, from policymakers to gather information very quickly to understand the impact that the pandemic was having on the creative industries sure. and, and that was coupled with you know an amplified need for the sector to really be heard and to be counted and so you've already mentioned a couple of sur surveys between you you know on the creative industries policy and evidence center website there are more than 70 listed you know surveys that have been active during this period even at Creative Cardiff, we ran a survey in response to the self-employment support scheme um, and we received 250 responses in just three days, you know, in, in Wales. So, Crystal, I know that in July, the task force conducted a, a survey as well. Can you tell us a bit about the reason for that and how well responded to it was? And also, I suppose, do you think that freelancers' relationship to data gathering has changed in the last six months? Are people more willing to participate and to, to give their, their views and opinions? So I guess from the top, <laughs> why we did it was we recognized that there was no way for just us to properly embody all freelancers in Wales. You know what I mean? We, we know what's impacting us, but we can't speak for every single freelancer. And we realize that their voice and their situation is going to be so unique. I can't remember who said it about the pandemic, but we're all going through the same storm, but in a different boat. And I think that's the thing. I only know what my boat looks like. I know what leaks it has. I know what strengths it has. I don't know what kind of boat everyone else is in. And it's been very clear all throughout the pandemic that some people continuously have weaker boats. You know what I mean? And they're, and they're trying harder to yield the same results. And so we wanted to get voices of all freelancers in Wales heard. And we really wanted as many people as possible. And we got over 400 people to respond to that survey. And for us, what we want to do, we want to do kind of like a wrap up report to send this out because the information that we gather is going to be freely accessible. Um, I know the Arts Council Wales is very interested in our results from what we've gotten. There have been a lot of surveys 
throughout the UK, but so many less for just Wales specific. And like I said before, it's so different, you know? And so we needed that um, for artists. What have you suffered through? Have you been able to get, I know a lot of uh, artists fell through the cracks with a lot of the self-employed schemes um, to where some of them got absolutely nothing, you know? And you're like, they've been working for years and, and they just fell through every single crack. And we need to know that so we go forward, things can be better, not just during the pandemic and during this crisis, but you know, look in five, 10 years down the road, how can we build a stronger sector today that lasts and is sustainable through a pandemic? And I think we wanna come out of this in a better way. We don't wanna come out and go back to normal and, and strive for normal again. You know, normal wasn't good enough when we were doing it. You know, we want a better art scene, a more inclusive, more diverse art scene mm. that is stronger and more supportive for all artists. And that is really the goal. And so the only way to do that is to gather as many results as possible. And we've gotten that quite a lot, you know, and we're going to take that and, and share that widely. Yeah, definitely. And I'm really looking forward to what organizations are going to do with that information. And I want to hold them accountable that they do use that information to, you know, impact what they do next. Freelancers are the, the lifeblood of the creative industries, not only in, in Wales, but across the world. And if there's anything that Creative Cardiff can do to amplify that research, once you've published it, then just let us know. Um, Fabio, just to move on to your approach to data gathering. Um, so Beat Freak says it takes a holistic approach to collecting and presenting data. Sure. Um, and that obviously includes the, the youth trends survey. Can you tell us a bit about that approach and what the outputs of it are? It's a wee bit of a story, actually, to be fair. Uh, two or three years ago, BeatFreaks was actually a collective of companies. We've since sort of merged back into one central organization, but one of those companies was called Doink, and its motto was that um, we like to humanize data. That was the whole thing which the organization was about, in that there is so much amazing things being done with statistics, yes, and uh, quantitative data capture, so numbers, but how can we turn that into stories which actually have impact and really make people stop and, and listen and think about you know what what can we do to to help and to, to force impact out of this so um there's two sort of central points i suppose the first picking up directly on what you said in terms of um, a holistic approach this means that national youth trends as a project doesn't just focus necessarily on like one particular issue one particular topic it's a really really broad approach so we're asking people about a, a massive range of things in the survey um, it was our sort of general principle we found in the project you know, how can we think about why young people aren't attending arts and culture events, for example, if we don't know what their transport links are like in their city, or we don't know what their financial situation is? In order to correctly assess, like, the reasons behind why young people aren't participating or are participating, for example, then we have to assess all these other things that are going on in their lives, because, you know, everybody's life is holistic and, and is affected by different parts of it, etc. So a holistic approach, we ask about a really, really broad range of stuff. And in sort of the most recent iteration of the report, that, that is as broad ranging as um, what, what do you think a city will look like in 20 years time to also, um, you know, where do you go for your career advice? So it's a really, really broad range of topics, basically. And then second to that, and probably the thing that I think is most important that I want to stress, I suppose, is the interplay between creativity and, and research, which I think this podcast does so well in sort of bridging the gap between the two. And that is like, how can we capture young people's stories, capture their voices in a way that isn't purely answering a survey? Because I'm not trying to sort of brush around the fact that a massive part of national youth trends is a nationwide survey. But aside from that, what we do is, um, so for this iteration of the project, we've commissioned 20 young people from right across the UK, all in different city, of different ages, genders, sexualities, ethnicities, et cetera, et cetera, 
all of them send us a diary entry they've written every other day according to prompts that we've sent and so we get you know stories of 20 young people of their life in a month that enables us to dig a little bit deeper into what the data is saying and think about you know what are the actual tangible impacts that these things that people are talking about are having on their lives um, and also then finally I suppose I'm trying to keep this brief but thinking about the way that we present that as well so you know presentation of data doesn't just have to be a report the numbers we're thinking about for our summit about how we can present it as basically you know graphic illustrations or animations telling your own personal story or what does it mean to reinterpret the data set as like a huge uh, mind map for example um so yeah we've got exciting things to come next year in terms of how we're trying to present the data as well as collect it in sort of a humanized way it does sound yeah really diverse and fantastic and it will speak to lots of different people if you are able to showcase it in you know many different forms mm -hmm. fab um just back to you crystal um you, you guys have done the survey um, you've also had a green room initiative and you've formed subgroups, including the theatre for young audiences group. It's, it's a lot of work in, in a short period of time. What sort of strain do you think that this work has on freelancers, you know, the, the time and the resource that they put to it? But also, do you feel like being involved in this way empowers freelancers and that it's something that they want to do? Yeah, I guess I'm going to answer very honestly and say it's the big strain. I think we all feel it. And I think part of the strain is we want to do so much. We're like, we have a voice. We have this platform. People are looking to the group saying, okay, you said you wanted a voice. We're, we're giving you a voice, a, a kind of a place for people to come to if they say, okay, we want freelancers to speak up. And it's so much work. It's so much, you know, I know I said I would do a job share. So I have six and a half days worth of work between the three months. And I'm certain I did that in the first week. I mean, just respond to emails alone, you know, and that's between the UKY group. And then there's a UKY dance group. And then there's a Wales group and then the Wales dance group. And just between it all, you could, it's a full-time job really. And we're all trying to do it plus have full-time jobs, you know, <laughs> cause we have, you know, mortgages and children and, and all of that and food to eat. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a massive strain, but in, at the same exact time, I think, we kind of allow the strain because we're like, we want to be here. Like we feel empowered. We're like, okay, we've had meetings with like, you know, Arts Council Wales. We've had meetings with uh, Society of London Theatres. Uh, we've had meetings with Equity Wales and, and even more. And those are just three that I can remember to name. We've had meetings with Semantic. We're having a meeting with Creative Cardiff um, this week. And like so many people, they're like, yeah, okay, you want to be, you want to sit at the table? open the seat, sit down. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, but I also have to like raise my kids and do this. And so it's kind of like between, and it's not many of us on, you know, maybe it's 10 to 15 of us. It's not many of us to go to all these meetings, plus the, the corresponding emails and notes. And I mean, the Google drive is massive, <laughs> you know, but it's like that excitement and eagerness to finally have a space to be heard, to finally, like you said, be empowered to say, we want to hear from you. And I don't think organizations have in the past not wanted to hear from us. I think they just didn't know how to hear from us. And, mm. and how do we go about doing that? I don't think organizations have just thought, oh, fine, we'll hear from you because you say it's important. I think they do think it's important. I think they know that. Um, it's just about the how, just like I have wanted to connect with other freelancers. I just didn't know how, you know, like do I just randomly message people on Facebook? Hey, I think you're a freelancer. Can we meet up? You know, <laughs> well, how do we go about that? And so it's this eagerness, but it is a strain. It really is. Um, and I'm certain we've all done far more than the hours we've been given, far, far more, definitely. 
sounds like it. I mean, you were in, in your job with Kokoro Arts, part of your reimagining work has been exploring a need for like a network to unify all the, the dancers in Wales. And I mean, that's something very close to our heart at Creative Cardiff. You know, we really believe in the power of networks. Do you think that by developing a network for dancers, it would, it would strengthen the sector? Yes, most definitely. Gundia Zandersona is the executive director. Um, and between the two of us, you know, Makoff also came alongside us and just gave his time, volunteered his time to say, okay, let's go through this. And, and the dance sector's response was phenomenal. You know, it was a cry out saying, we need this, you know, thank you for putting this on. The problem is we're not connected. You know, I think especially in the dance sector in Wales, there's even less connections. You know, we're all working so hard on our own, but coming together would give us a stronger voice. You know, it would give freelancers a seat at the table and, and the network, the, the discussions around having a network have been amazing. It's been amazing to hear people want it and we want to go further and we don't want to just say we'll do a network and later on, I think we're looking to do that in the next, you know, through autumn, having this network set up in some form and have it grow and develop, but to really be a place where we can all have a seat at the table, a voice to share, and then have that voice go further to, to influence policy, to influence, you know, different bigger organizations to really make a change for this stronger, more inclusive, more diverse, more sustainable art sector, dance sector we see in Wales. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm proud to have done that through Kukuru. I'm, I'm proud that we were able to bring that together, you know, just the two of us. And then, you know, Matt Goff coming alongside us saying, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, help in any way I can. And then from there, so many people have said, sign me up, I'm volunteering my time. And again, that was volunteering time, you know, between us, the three of us. We did four meetings in a row and then now we're going to go to monthly meetings for the network and just go forward and we're going to do it because it's necessary. That's important work and it sounds like there's huge ambition there to carry it forward. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, what comes in the autumn. Fabio, you, you're a bit further down the track because Beat Freaks have this network of um, young people, young creatives. What, what do you feel like the impact of having a network like that is both on, on policymaking, but also, you know, for the young people that are involved? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. I would say it's probably, I think, twofold. Um, the main thing or the thing that sticks with me most was um, during, during lockdown, we run a piece of research called Take the Temperature which was a national youth trends project specifically about the impact of coronavirus on, on young people sort of at the moment, but also on what they think about the futures, et cetera. And some of the feedback that we had from young people just being involved in that project about having a space to sort of express how they're feeling at the moment, what they're worried about, what they expect from the future, what they want from the future, how they want to participate, et cetera. And also hear about other young people who are going through a similar experience or, or similar things was incredibly powerful and, and supportive for, for a lot of young people, I think, for the diary interest in particular, having a space where they can come and reflect and sort of digest what's happening for them and put it down. Many described it as very cathartic and very sort of important for their daily routine, I would say, during, during those early stages of lockdown. So aside from any sort of value in, in policy, I think it's really refreshing from our point of view, I think, to see research as something that people are seeing valuable for themselves as well as for the wider sort of policy point. And then further than that, I think, you know, having a, a UK network of young creatives, as, as we described them, A, it's amazing just for doing projects because we can sometimes have, you know, like a graphic designer from Newcastle working with an illustrator from 
um, Edinburgh and, and they're collaborating on the project and it's beautiful and it's amazing to have that sort of cross UK um, vibe going on. But then apart from that as well, it's really important to, when we're talking about national youth trends and trends of the UK, that being England, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland, it's very important to have a network of young people that are spread across all of the developed nations too, because what would we be if we were talking about uh, UK youth trends or national youth trends and it was just England? <laughs> yeah. I mean, connectivity has, has never been more important and more at, at the forefront of everyone's discussions. Of Crystal, obviously through the, the Wales uh, Freelancer Task Force, a lot of new relationships have been forged, you know, between freelancers and, as you mentioned, with organisations. What do you think will be the impact of those relationships? And, and do you think we'll see a growth in this sort of newfound confidence that freelancers have to engage with policy? Yes, definitely. I think we'll definitely see a newfound confidence. I know I have that confidence and my hope is that the organizations stay true to what they've been doing and that us freelancers don't, don't slip out. You know, it's easy to say organizations don't let us in, but if we don't knock at the door, we can't get in either. You know what I mean? And so I hope that we say, okay, maybe we'll take it down a notch so that it's not so stressful, <laughs> but still say, hey, we still want to be heard. If you want to listen, we still want to be heard. And if you don't want to listen, we still will be heard, you know, and really push for that. Um, yeah, on, on every level with, with every type of uh, a person and every difference that we have, I want us all to have that equal voice. And what would be your recommendation for any creatives in Wales that are listening right now if they want to get more involved with understanding or influencing policy decisions? I would say contact um, Creative Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> send an email, say help me, I want to get involved. Um, send me a message, you know, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, you know, all the platforms. <laughs> Um, you know, you can find my email addresses there as well and just get contact the people, even if you don't know if they know, contact them anyway, put your put yourself forward. Don't be don't be shy. Don't be kind of timid and say, well, I don't know. Don't be afraid to be stupid. You know what I mean? I don't I, I didn't know about devolved government. I, I didn't even know that you know, I knew the prime minister's name, at least that. But you know what I mean? I didn't know all the names of people. I didn't even know the, how it worked it's okay to not know and it's better to not know and ask the question than to not know and live your life like that because what's happening is impacting all of us directly and so get your voice heard you know make people listen keep shouting keep speaking because your voice is valuable i would say just a final point and something that i don't know I try and hit home wherever wherever possible wherever given the platform to do so but i think that young people and young creatives and, and creatives in general they have an inherent power themselves is not so much that we're saying you know you should listen to these people as a matter of lip service or because you have to you should listen to young people and you should listen to creatives because they're the natural innovators of the world yeah they are going to be what's going to help us turn our country our government um, our businesses etc into a more democratic into a more sustainable into a better future-proof society in which we live in so i think that yes have your voice heard if you're a young person if you're a creative but know that your voice is inherently valuable and not just because people are giving you lip service but because you've got power and you've got innovation yeah nice i think that's a really positive place for us to finish up it's been uh, so encouraging to speak to both of you today and hear where you're coming from thank you for for joining us thank you very thank much you for having, having me <laughs> and thanks to you at home for listening if you enjoyed please rate and review it will help other creatives to find our podcast and we always want to know what you think. So be sure to tag at Creative Cardiff in any comments on social media. And as Crystal said, if you want to get in touch with us to find out more about the Wales Freelance Task Force or about Beat Freaks, then please do that on social media. We'll also put links to everything in the show notes. 
Get a Proper Job is made by Creative Cardiff with and for the creative community. I've got a proper job.